25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, it's Halloween as we record it. It is October 31st. How was your very ghouly afternoon today? It was good. I um, went over to my friend Erin's house. Um, she and her husband, Seth, just bought a new house. And I pretty regularly babysit their two-year-old. Um, and I just babysat him for the whole weekend, actually. Um, so we did uh, their first ever sort of neighborhood trick-or-treat um, tonight. So I passed out candy in their driveway while they took uh, Bennett around to, I mean, he's two, so he like doesn't super understand the concept of trick-or-treating, sure. but um, they dressed up as uh, Mario, Luigi, and um, what's the evil version of Luigi? Waluigi? Waluigi. There we go. So they were oh, very cute. Seth Waluigi? No, Aaron was Waluigi. I'm obsessed. Seth, <laughs> Seth was Luigi, and then Bennett uh, is actually the perfect Mario. He oh, has... he was per- yeah, he was so cute. Maybe we'll include that in our like show posting as the picture of Bennett. It was so he, cute. He's got Mario's body. Aaron was telling me that when she... <laughs> When she ordered the costume, that it actually came with like a padded, like little thing to put in the stomach, and he doesn't need it because he has a little, little toddler belly. That not the fact that you just called Bennett a middle-aged Italian plumber. I I mean, he kind of looks like one. So, (laughs) how about you? What What did you go as? Did you dress up? I went as a. I told Aaron I went as a um, hockey podcaster that needed to leave on time to record. <laughs> I love that. You know, funny enough, today yes. I was dressed up as a hockey podcaster because my friend Bree and I decided if our graduate students were going to be dressed up, then we were going to be dressed up too. And we dressed up as our side gigs. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I wore our merch and she wore, uh, she does a lot of, she's actually a world champion equestrian. Very fancy. I know. And so she does a lot. Like she goes around and like helps with horse shows and things like that. Like she's like legit too. And so she wore, she wore her show attire. And so we, we just, we were, we were student affairs side giggers. You tire so much less dramatic than hers i feel like yeah i mean i agree i (laughs) think that i would be doing my side gig for far less time if it required me having to like book events like a horse show and like work a horse show on the weekends like i think that our levels of involvement are different obviously i work just as hard on that on this as she does on the horse shows but if you're gonna put me in a barn on my weekends Hell no. Oh, oh yeah. Not doing it. I also I'm feel like she probably has more awards than we do. Hey, she has one, right? Well, she has so many. You get so many awards though from those shows. I was ready to say we're tied. But <laughs> I was like, if you if you just said that she's like a world class equestrian, she definitely has more awards than we do. Why didn't I bring this? Because you took I would it damage it in transport. Well, you took it to visit your mom after we won it. No, I meant... <laughs> then why didn't I take it as part of my costume? Oh, why didn't you... T- <laughs> God, we got deep there fast. But- I thought you yeah. were asking why you had it in your apartment. And I was like, this is weird that you don't remember this no, circumstance. New, new record, dead mom mentioned on the podcast, four minutes and two seconds. That's actually not true. I've definitely dead mentioned sooner than four minutes and two seconds. Yes, but wow, that just took an audience. Yeah, that I, took a very interesting. You said, I'm going to take the wheel. I'm going to turn it in my direction. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, no, I don't know why you didn't include it as part of your costume. And yes, you did take it to visit your mom's grave the day after we won it. So I, I sure did. Which was very sweet. And 
Jeremy and I both have a level of dark humor, so. Oh, this is right up our alley. I'm not. Yeah, no. I put my foot in my mouth and you said dead mom out loud. So (laughs) yeah, if people are, if people are listening and they're uncomfortable about this one, that's your discomfort, not mine Two, um, this is literally like how we process things. This is literally who we are as people. And you know, it's probably why we make this friendship work for as long as we have. But yes, so I was my side gig today. I was nice to be back in the office, although I, okay, I did a bad thing when I was in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So you know what they say about corporate America? Uh, that it's... They're right. All I have to say is that they're okay. right. They are right about everything you hear about corporate America. And so this training was taking place in like a Chicago high rise on the Chicago River, like gorgeous, like whatever have you. Shout out to Grand Valley State University for paying for this because there's no way in any sort of hell that it would have, I could have done this. And I kid you not, it was one of those things where like breakfast and lunch were catered and there was a fridge. And I feel like we've talked about the fridge. Did we talk about the fridge on the last episode? No, you and I talked about it. Okay, so then we'll play this game again. I think me and you play this game. We'll play it for our listeners. If you open a fridge and there's a green can, a silver can, and a red can, what's in the fridge? I think my original guess was... No, I think my original guess was right. I don't know. A Sprite, Coke, and Diet Coke. Precisely. It's the Holy Trinity. That's what you'd expect, right? Yeah. So... Right idea, wrong, bitches, because it was Coke, Diet Coke, and Lime LaCroix. And so I developed an addiction to Lime LaCroix when I was in Chicago. Oh, look and at so you. That is what I'm tonight on the show. I don't know why. And I, it feels so out of place to drink a Lime LaCroix in any setting because, to me, any seltzered water, like, I, I didn't really drink seltzered water until I started drinking, like, White Claws or, like, high, like, you know what I mean? Like... And so now whenever I drink one, I'm like, why am I not getting drunk? Like, why am I sober? Yeah, I don't, I'm not a sense a seltzer water girly. Like, I really want to be, sometimes I'll see a flavor that sounds like really interesting and would be right up my alley and I'll buy it. And then I realize that it's not the same thing as those like 89 cent giant things of fizzy water that you get from oh, like yeah. the grocery store that are like, flavored and don't taste like rocks so like <laughs> um but i am i am familiar with the type of fridge that you're talking about in my last job uh that was one of the things that they had was a fridge full of diet coke coke and Lacroix and root beer yes you mentioned that i do remember us having this conversation now i the the piece of it that was so unfortunate and so not real world is that we would go, we would get like our drinks with our lunch, whatever have you. And like, let's say around like two o'clock, I was like, man, I like really want like a LaCroix or like I really want a Diet Coke or a water bottle. I would open this fridge full, fully stocked. It's back and restocked. Didn't see her do it. Don't know how it happened, but it was fully restocked. And I really just don't understand how that works in corporate America. But everything you've heard about corporate America is right. And um, if that's your scene, that's your scene. Get into it. But I... I was glad to be back in the confines of higher education today. That was really nice. <laughs> like, it was like my people. Not that the people, the people who I did the thing with were like actually like really great. And there were like some educators in there too, but it's more so just like the, like having security, like hit your elevator button for you. I'm like, first of all, what's in this building? And what am I afraid of? You got to be brought back down to reality that yeah, corporate America and higher education are, Sometimes equally as corrupt, but vastly different in experience. Yeah, no, correct. You'll you'll get harmed in the same way, just like you'll be looking at very different things while you're being harmed. I, yeah, I returned to, I left from restocked fridge to, we had an apple nacho bar today for Halloween, which was actually kind of iconic. It was like really nice. You like cut your own apple, like with an apple slicer. And then like, you could put like caramel and like crushed pretzels and like all that kind of stuff on top of them. It was actually really lovely. That sounds delicious. I so the next time that we ask if you all are here for the snacks, that should be your snack. It was a really good snack. We got to bring that segment back sometime. Well, we're going to need it because I think Blue Jackets fans might be watching games simply for the snacks for a long period of time if we don't figure some shit out. 
Now, <laughs> it's only been nine games. It's been ten, sadly, but it's been ten games. Um, I can't think of a better segue into just talking about like what is going on for the Blue Jackets right now. I mean, not only do we obviously have what's happening on the ice, we have things happening off the ice, we have injuries that we're getting more clarity on, and it's just been like, if the Blue Jackets weren't, like, I'm personally of the opinion that this trip to Finland and this, not even, like, the trip itself, the trip is going to be hopefully good in terms of, like, chemistry and, like, building some of that bond for the team and helping to get more out up a little bit, but even if it weren't for the trip, not playing a game for five, six days is going to do this team a lot of good, Laura. <laughs> I'm really excited yeah. about that for them. I really don't normally get relieved when I know that I'm not going to watch Blue Jackets hockey for five days, but I'm relieved. Well, and I think the other, like you said, I think one of the things that's going to be really good about this trip is that the forced togetherness that they're going to have to have together because – I kind of think that, you know, with not that COVID doesn't exist and it isn't real, it's still very much so here. But, you know, the last couple of years with COVID, teams really haven't had the opportunity to, like, have a lot of time together and, like, really get to bond in ways that are super important because the closer you are off the ice and the more connected and the more communicative and the more dynamic you can be together on the ice and so I think for the Blue Jackets even though things were definitely more you know camp and all that sort of stuff was definitely more open than it has been for the last couple of years I think they sort of forgot kind of how necessary that time together is and being such a young team like you know I think some of the older guys probably forgot that they need to take the younger guys and like go have dinner or go play around a golf or, you know, whatever. And, you know, the younger guys probably, you know, like a lot of people are getting back into socializing with, you know, other people and you have a circumstance, you know, with us and bringing in someone like Johnny Gaudreau and, you know, for a lot of these guys on this team, he's someone that they looked up to and like modeled their game after and like idolized for, you know, their adolescence. And then now you're in the same locker room with him. So how do you just go up to someone like him and say, hey, would, would you like to like have a sandwich or something? Like, can I, you know, <laughs> you know, like how, how do you do that? Care for ham and cheese, John. <laughs> would Would you like to share the tater tots with me? Like they don't oh eat tater tots; God. they're training. Um, visual is too. <laughs> but like, so I think that this like time together, like even today, like they flew in, they got in, um, in the morning today. Uh, they left last night from New York, and you know, even just seeing them together today, they were. Um, doing a workout they didn't practice on the ice but they were doing a workout and they were playing like soccer and football and frisbee and stuff together in this really lovely um facility and then they had this nice dinner tonight with a comedian and and stuff like that and it's it's things like that that are going to help them you know it's just going to help them build these relationships that are relationships that are necessary to move through all the things that need to happen to make the part that's on the ice better. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, to your point, right? Like there's a lot of things that haven't been happening that could traditionally have helped to galvanize the team. And I think one of those things is the Blue Jackets have played a lot of games at home. I want to say, is it six of the first 10 have been at home or is it seven? Um, I think it's six. But regardless, the Jackets, their road trips to this point have been so, so minute. I mean, like, even this road trip to New Jersey on Sunday was really just courtesy of having to get them to New York to be able to fly to Helsinki. And because, and, I mean, the Avalanche played the Islanders the night before. It's just kind of the NHL was was pretty logical in their thinking on in terms of that scheduling. But, I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, road trips are sometimes the things that really get a guy – 
to connect with somebody, right? Like it's, you know, going and sharing a hotel room with somebody because you're going on a three, four night uh, road trip to the West Coast, whatever. Like those things just aren't happening for the Blue Jackets at the start of the season. And so to your point, exactly right. It's it's a matter of maybe this is an opportunity for some of that bonding to happen in a different way. And I mean, you can even see it. And I think this is kind of like encouraging. I know some people might be like pissed about this and that is what it is, but it's encouraging to see like photos like you saw today of like Igor Tenikov like laughing, having a good time playing soccer with with Daniil Tarasov and with David Yurichek. Like that's good stuff. Like that is a positive. And I just I, I do think that at least in, in one way or another, this trip is gonna be helpful for the Jackets. I'm not saying that they're gonna come back here better than three and nine. They might not, guys. Like that's just the reality of it. Like, and it is what it is. Like, sorry to tell you. But I think I think that those are the pieces that I'm really looking forward to seeing develop over the course of this week. And I hope that all that stuff comes to fruition and maybe they'll surprise us. Like, like that, wouldn't that be something right? Like to come back, like I'm telling you, you feel a lot better about five and seven than you do about three and nine. Yeah. And I think, you know, this also is a good um, segue to kind of talk about something that is crucial to talk about in a situation and we've we've brought it up before but like the amount of new fans or you know borderline fans and you know fans that are like when the hockey season starts they start paying attention but they don't necessarily pay attention like in the off season you know and the hype and or expectation for the Blue Jackets this season um, being higher than it should be based on, on, on the circumstances that the team is considering. And I saw, I saw a very interesting perspective um, after um, the loss in New Jersey the other night that said um, not only the fans, but also the team seem to have thought that, the addition of Johnny Gaudreau would expedite the rebuild to the finish line. And I think even though I don't like that he was asked this question, because I think it's inappropriate, and especially after such a difficult loss on Sunday, it seems like rubbing salt in the wound, but Johnny was asked if he regrets coming to Columbus, essentially. Yeah, um, I mean, I can see how people read it that way. I it, it was that question. It was basically, you thought that you were coming to a winning team. The team thought that you were coming to a winning team and now you're not. Yeah, so it's, I, do you regret coming to Columbus? Uh, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that perspective, but I think that that's okay. I think like, it's i mean let's call it how it is porty has always been good at asking those questions that like rile people up and make people think that he's like going in one direction and then he'll be the first person to be like hey i just asked a question you interpreted it this way and that's just kind of his brand right like nobody is surprised that porty is the one that asked that question i think and johnny's answer to it was like was good right like i mean like he was like teams go through this like it's not like it's not it's not like it's something i haven't been a part of before like it's not the end of the world i don't think that I like, and I'll be honest, I don't even know how much, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't know how much the expectation of Johnny Goudreau was that I'm going to come here and we're going to be a perennial contender from day one. I don't know if that was his expectation coming in. And maybe that's not fair. And maybe like, I'm like not giving us enough credit here as the Blue Jackets, but I don't think that that was his expectation. I think he knew what he was coming into. He's coming into a young team that he was going to be the focal point and he was going to be the star for three, two to three years. And by the time he was playing in his fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh year of this contract, the Blue Jackets were going to be continuously contending for a playoff spot. That, or not even a playoff spot, for a Stanley Cup. And that to me is a lot easier to predict, I think, and a lot easier to sign on to instead of saying, oh, this team's really good right now. Let me sign a seven-year deal for them. And then they start rebuilding Seth Jones, anybody? Like, those are the kind of things that, like, I, I don't know that Johnny Goudreau thought he was coming to a Stanley Cup winner this year. Like, I, like, Right. And and I don't think that either. I think if you see, you know, any of the interviews that he did after he did sign here, like, he 
definitely stated this is a young team. I like what they're doing to build and to, you know, create what is necessary to be a winning team. I just think that it's perpetuating still this situation of like people don't want to play in Columbus and that especially after a game where New Jersey actively booed Johnny like basically and of course (laughs) if anyone was on our Twitter on Sunday it was not me (laughs) it was not me at all that was doing anything on our Twitter account it was 1000% Jeremy who was starting shit with New Jersey fans and I had to wake up this morning to late night Jersey fans talking shit to us. Hey, I made a very astute commentary and New Jersey fans found the tweet and they started the shit. I just but, helped finish it. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, I particularly loved the gift that told the gift that told us to stop being a bitch. So <laughs> loved, loved that. Um but I just, and obviously it is, if you don't know this now, I'm clearly the one that's more sensitive in a way of like just these circumstances. But I just, I thought it was perpetuating this whole thing. And I also thought it was baiting him. Like it was baiting him to say, no, this isn't. And obviously he is a, a st- a steadfast professional and I'm sure said exactly how he felt, which is the teams go through this. And just based on seeing his personality, I think Johnny is one of these people that while he knows he's incredibly good at hockey, he does not let it go to his head and he just plays the game. And yes, he gets frustrated like any other player, but he's not walking around in Versace and, you know, all these sort of different things like he seems like a very down-to-earth guy but I just you know normally I 100% respect Porty and I know that he likes to ask the you know the sort of big questions but I just felt like it was baiting him and I felt like it was taking advantage of a, a complicated and you know weird moment because they also had a closed door like team meeting immediately after they got off the ice and if you know anything about hockey that's not ever really like a good sign like there's been a couple other times that I've known the Blue Jackets to do this in the last couple of years and the one time was because Bob walked off the ice in the middle of a game and then had to be confronted on the tarmac of the airport like it like shit goes down when these sorts of things happen. Hey, I'll tell you what though, the one time it got him into the playoffs in 2019 and we all know what happened next, but, but yeah, I think to your point, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all in terms of Porty kind of taking advantage of a situation and asking a question that was, did exactly what he intended to do, right? Like, let's call it what it is. Like, People were talking about it. So I bet you people read his story about it. Like he knows what he's doing. Like, and he, listen, it might not always be the most ethical and it might not always be the most savory, but he, he gets the job done, I guess. (laughs) So kudos to him on that. Yeah, no. So that team meeting, obviously a big, a, a big importance. And I think like in some ways you have to do that. And, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe I'm, being too naive to think about that team meeting in this way but the other piece is right like you're about to get on a plane to travel internationally for eight hours like the last thing that you want i think is to sit on that plane and like not rest not like just be restless and thinking about like everything that just happened in that game and so to me i wouldn't be surprised if that conversation was a little less like aggressive maybe that's the word i'm looking for like a little less like you know, figure it the F out than what I think some people might think it was. Like, I also could see it being kind of like a, all right, guys, like, clear your heads, get on the fucking plane. Like, we'll get through this. Just keep just on to the next one. Take advantage of this. Take care of yourselves like this that, and the other. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm reading into the situation incorrectly. I don't know how Lars handles those situations, but that's the kind of thing that wouldn't surprise me. And I think it would probably piss people off if they thought that that's what happened. But 
I mean, like what, I, what can you really even say after that loss? Like, yeah, like, I mean, I, my hope, cause again, I also don't know how Lars would handle this type of situation. I also don't know exactly how the leadership core of the team would handle um, this situation. Cause it's kind of the first time the three of them have had to do, I mean, I know that they speak to the team and all that sort of stuff, but like, in the year that these three have been in the in the leadership core, they haven't really had to do this intense of like a we need we need to have like a come to Jesus moment with everyone. So I I cannot speak for how they did it, but I do agree with you on the on the part where they don't want to get them too riled up or distraught or any more than they were after Sunday's game before they got on the super long flight because that isn't going to do any of them any good. And, you know, the reason why they're going to Finland, you know, five days early is because there's so much like adjusting that they need to do as athletes, you know, the time change, the, you know, weather, the fact that like it gets dark so much sooner in Finland than it does in America, like all these sorts of things, like, and so getting in this like hardcore conversation right before they get on an eight hour flight is like not ideal. So, but I hope that it was kind of a combination of both. It was a, we understand that you all need to take care of yourselves. You're all feeling a lot of feelings. You know, we clearly have a lot of things that we need to figure out. Lars, at least in the press took, you know, responsibility for what's been going on and stated that he's the coach and he needs to, um, as he, as he said, press a different set of buttons and he's not wrong. Um, and, you know, have that part of the conversation that, but then also have in this time that you're going to have on the plane in transit rest, but also think about what, conversations you want to have when we get to Finland. What do you want? What do you need as a player? What do you need to see? What will help you? Blah, 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 blah. And giving them the opportunity to, when they do have the bigger conversations, because I'm sure they're going to, because you need to have something, you need to talk about something before you face off against the reigning Stanley cup champions. Like, on the world stage, like you need to talk about some things. Um, but I think giving them the opportunity to pull those thoughts and stuff together and hopefully when they hit the ice tomorrow, practice and stuff is looking a lot different than what it has um, here in the state. Cause I think <laughs> Dylan Tyre said it best today on the little like blue jackets daily thing video that he's doing now where he was like, you know, after a hard after a hard loss, the blue the blue jackets just said, um, "What was it? it? Was like new country who dis like just so like we're just gonna walk away from the United States for a little while and um, go into Finland with a new identity." I think it was new country, new us or something like that. Yes, that's along what it those was. lines. But yes, he said it well. And you can certainly bet that the Blue Jackets are going to have a renewed energy and a renewed spark, you know, going into into these games against the, the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, you know what else you can bet? You can bet on DraftKings because hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. So if you want to put some money down on the Jackets to beat the Avs in Tempore, which honestly you probably should because I think that they're going to be underdogs in that. Don't quote me on that, but I've got a feeling that they're going to be the odds-on underdog. Uh, you're going to want to check that out. But if that's not enough excitement for you, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. So combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And a little thing that's not in our ad read, um, pre-launch is live in the state of Ohio for DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you're in the state of Ohio, which I have a feeling that most of you probably are, (laughs) You all probably know that sports betting has not been legal in the states or in the state, excuse me, forever. And so now it's going to be. So uh, they have a lot of cool special deals that you can go check out once you opt into it. But still make sure you use promo code THPN because uh, get your coin. Yeah. Even more, of a, even more of a reason to sign up and use our promo code. 100%. And I feel bad for Laura because normally I usually get cheeky with Laura at the beginning of this ad read, but she went yeah. right into the diet. You were right. You were mid diet Coke. I couldn't like justify stopping. And I like stopped Coke. myself because I was, and I even unmuted myself because I was like, Ooh, <laughs> and then you just went right past me. Yeah, you were were, were Diet Coke bliss land. I couldn't take that from you. But, you know, Laura, obviously two results of the Blue Jackets would rather not ever think about again. And really, I think for the most part, you and I don't have any interest in spending a lot of time talking about what those games looked like. It was just all in all not good. I think think the thing that really is disappointing about Sunday is a lot of what I said on, on our episode last week, which was the game against New Jersey felt like a litmus test in the sense that that is a team that we're supposed to be you know, tracking upward with, right? Like that's a team that we should be in theory kind of like climbing in the Metro with. And the reality was, is that on Sunday, they looked like they were ready to start competing for a playoff spot. And we looked like we were ready to compete for Connor Bedard. So uh, not ideal, that dichotomy of, of where they were at in that. And I know that that was for me, the biggest disappointment in that game was just like, it felt like that should have been a game that we could have had a chance in, like that we should have had a chance in that we were matched up in on paper. Like, Yeah, it was, I mean, and this has also sparked a lot of things that we're going to talk about in a a minute, but the wheels just, I mean, they just entirely came off. Like it, it, it was a bloodbath to, to be completely honest. Like, um, and I was babysitting for the first half of the game. So I got to listen to the first period and I was like, and even then we were just, we were only losing by one in the beginning of the, in, at the end of the first period. And I had asked Jeremy, I was like, I don't know what, if I'm going to be able to start listening again, because I don't know how long I'm going to be babysitting, but like text me if things happen. And he started texting me in the second period and was like, oh no, like things, this is not going well. Like this is not. And um, when I did finally get to turn it back on in the third period, um, it just had really escalated in a way that was not good. And even when I when I got home and I had the opportunity to like turn it on the TV versus listening to the the radio broadcast of it, I told Jeremy I was like I can't because as much as I love the two of them, as much as I so love Jeff Rimmer and Jody Shelley, I have a real pet peeve about the fact that they talk about the team that we are playing, even if we're winning, they do this. They talk about the team we are playing more than they talk about the Blue Jackets. And it was especially, I knew, I knew based on what was happening with New, in New Jersey on Sunday that that's how it was going to be. And <laughs> Jeremy was like, don't turn on the TV. Like, just keep listening to Bob and Dylan because they were at least focusing on the Blue Jackets um and so i was like yeah i'm just i'm not even gonna touch my ballet app on my tv i'm just gonna keep listening (laughs) to the radio broadcast and even in pain bob and dylan are pretty funny together so um (laughs) that that helped helped it a bit but yeah it just the 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 wheels just fell off it was and yeah it was not good. And I think the thing, like, and it even kind of happened on Friday when, uh, you know, against Boston, but it was different in the sense of I was also listening to that game because I was driving back from from being in Chicago and all that kind of stuff. And as I was listening to that game, you know, Bob and Dylan were not talking about the game happening. <laughs> like, you could hear the game happening. Like, you could hear the, the puck hitting sticks and you could hear the crowd a little bit. But 
they really weren't giving any sort of commentary on the game. They were just talking about David Yurichek. And, like, that to me is, like, okay, like, if we're just going to, like, talk, if we're just, like, not going to, like, do play-by-play and we're not going to, like, talk about what's happening on the ice, at least talk about the Blue Jackets. And I don't know. I guess you run out of stuff to say, and I get that. When you have 82 games with the same team, like, those little nuggets that you would talk about – they get more complex. They get more difficult to do, but I just think it's so challenging to listen and watch (laughs) that game. It's already bad. Like I'm already having a terrible time. And instead I get to listen to uh, like, and don't get me wrong. They're smart as hell. Like they know what they're talking about. Like they have good insight. It's just, I'm not here watching a blue jackets broadcast on Valley sports, Ohio to learn about the New Jersey devil. It's like, I just wasn't like, and that's like, I know you and I have talked about this before where it's like, Oh, it's frustrating. And, and the argument there is play better. And then they'll have something else to talk about. Heard, understood, felt, agreed. That's also my preferred solution. But give give me less devils than a Blue Jackets broadcast. Just a little. Like, don't even. Yeah, because like, it doesn't. It, but... it also, and I know it's like, it's it's like that song from the 90s. Like, give them something to talk about. Like, um, which I understand fully. But I think from the fan perspective, it makes it more frustrating when the conversation is strictly talking about how much better the other team is. Like, I would rather hear them be frustrated with the Blue Jackets, honestly. I would rather hear them be like, you know, so-and-so isn't, you know, performing in a way or like, you know, team expectation. Like, honest to God, as long as it's like constructive, again, we'll get into that too in a little bit um being constructive when criticizing players but you know i would rather hear that than to just hear on and on and on because i think one of the worst times when this happens is especially when the blue jackets i mean it was bad on sunday but especially when the blue jackets play the washington capitals because i get it alexander ovechkin is really good at hockey like but I don't need his biography read to me every time the Blue Jackets play the Capitals. And I said this when we um, were playing the Capitals in the preseason, how, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I know I said it to Jeremy, how impressed I was when we were listening or getting the Capitals um, broadcast of the preseason game and how evenly split but also how like complimentary and like well-constructed their conversation was about the blue jackets. Like they had a very balanced and yes, it's preseason, so it doesn't matter, but like they just had a very balanced broadcast and you know, that would be nice. (laughs) It would be, it would be a little bit of balance. Wouldn't hurt anybody, but, but yeah, I think, you know, obviously there are things happening away from the team in terms of like what's happening on the ice that that are making news. Of course, today was the day that Justin Danforth, as we're recording on Monday, uh, was scheduled to have his surgery that was going to keep him out for up to six months, which is obviously such a bummer. But hopefully that went well. We haven't heard how that went, but I mean, that doesn't surprise me given everything that's going on with the team traveling and all that kind of stuff. So we'll give them a couple of days to give an update. But the hope obviously is that that went well. You know, Adam Boquist, we talked about him. He had been injured by the last time we recorded, but we didn't know exactly what that meant. And what it means is a broken foot. Like nobody saw this injury happen and he has a broken foot. Like that's the craziest part about this is like, nobody was like, Oh, Hey, Adam Boquist just got hit with a stick or a puck or like just had and an awkward fall. Like no, nope, like a le- broken foot. it's like a legit broken foot too. It's like, not like a fracture. Like he legitimately broke like a whole last bone in his foot. Um, and no one saw it happen. Like, there is physically no footage of this incident happening, but, and he, we found out since our last recording that he will be out for six, six weeks. So even though he's been um, having some struggles this season, that's still, you know, another defenseman that we can't have in the lineup right now. So it is frustrating. Yeah, and I mean, the hope is apparently Nick Blankenberg, you know, he might be able to to go in Finland, which I think is really exciting because obviously obviously we need him at this point, right? Like, I'm not sure 
they had to have called somebody up. I don't know how many people they're allowed to travel with. That's the thing. I've been trying so hard to figure out how many people they're allowed to travel to Finland with because I know the answer, I think, is higher if it's anything like what Nashville and, and San Jose had. But I, for the life of me, cannot figure out how many they're allowed to take. But I also have not been over-present, like very present on social media. Like I know that Gavin Bayreuther was up, and I know he didn't get sent back down when Jake Bean stepped back into the lineup. So I think that they must just be rolling – I seven defensemen over there. Yeah, because we didn't seven. 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 Um, because they did bring David Yurichek on the trip. Yeah. Well, and Yurichek, um, I mean, like, even when Jake Bean came in the lineup, it was Gavin Bayer that got kicked out. It wasn't David mm. Yurichek. He played on Sunday. No, I don't well, know that we need to use that game as like a <laughs> as a list with us for this, but um, and they're also like they we traveled with three goalies, like Elvis Corby, yeah, and Tarasov are all on the trip. Um, so I do think while I don't have confirmation, I and it may not be as egregious as the preseason in season international games that happened for Nashville and San Jose, but I do think that there is a bit of a leeway, um, with you know, not having to necessary, necessarily do things with the cap space when abroad. You look like you figured something I, out. I think it's eight. I think they have eight defensemen right now. If 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 Nick Blankenberg is healthy. Because they have Andrew Peak, Vladislav Gavrikov, Zach Orensky, Jake Bean, Erica Branson, David Juracek, Gavin Bayreuther, and Nick Blankenberg. So they've got eight that they brought to Finland. So they'll be fine in there. I mean, obviously, you can't lose two defensemen over the course of, well, I guess three. If you lose three defensemen over the course of two games, like your SOL, I guess, in that case, and you're skating with five defensemen for the rest of the weekend. But but in terms of, in terms of things, they should be fine. And then I think in terms of, like you said, goaltending, they'll have three over there, which is, is good. That's obviously necessary if anybody gets hurt. But then in terms of forwards, I the only – Unless they called somebody up that I didn't see, they're only going over with 13 forwards. So, that, I mean, I didn't see them change anything. Yeah, so that's fine, I think. So, they'll go over with 13 forwards, eight defensemen, and three goaltenders. So, you know, we'll hope that everybody stays healthy because I – don't have the desire to watch an emergency backup goaltender in Finland. I don't know about you, but that just doesn't sound like a great, <laughs> a great time. Um, yeah, no, I'm not a huge uh, proponent of us having to use whatever e-bug is available. Maybe they're um, great. Like we don't, maybe they're awesome. And then we sign them to an entry level deal. Hey, it could be like, then they'll make a movie about it. Like it's this like 32 year old go- goaltender that plays in, his finish like beer league, but also has like the backup and he, you know, he gets signed to an NHL deal after he like saves. But I mean, we'd, we'd be in true hell coming back to the United States if all three of our goaltenders were injured in some way. <laughs> so correct. But it is good that they traveled with three because we didn't mention this before, but Elvis was, there's a lot of things we're going to talk about with Elvis, but Elvis was like visibly struggling with his right hand. Was it his right yeah. hand on Sunday? Um, with his right hand. Um, so much so to the point where like he stopped a couple of different times, like, and the trainer had to come out and talk to him. And like, it was visibly like, whether it's just like a, he kept getting hit in the same place. And so it just kept like hitting a bruise or whatever, like, but he was like visibly struggling with his right hand. And so if that doesn't, you know, if that gets worse in practice or whatever, we're going to need to to fall back on um, Corpy and Teresal, which which brings us to the exciting news that for the first time in seven months, Jonas Corpusalo was uh, between the pipes playing his first game back um, since his hip surgery last spring um as he they sent him up to cleveland uh to play a game to see you know to see what he was going to look like and he did 
pretty well. Like the monsters yeah. won. Um, I don't know the exact number of saves. I want to say it's like 36. Yeah, I the number 38 was in my head, and I couldn't remember if that's how many saves he had or how many shots on goal Syracuse yeah. had. But he stopped all but two. The monsters won four two. He had a really good showing and and I think that's exactly what you want to see if you're a Blue Jackets fan. Like that's that's perfect. <laughs> it's all good. And and you, I mean, you're hopeful. At least I am that he gets a start in Finland. Like you're hopeful of that. And I potentially radical thought here. <laughs> I don't care if he goes out there and he lays a goose egg. Like I don't care if he goes out there and he's terrible. For everything that Jonas Corbusalo has stuck through with the Blue Jackets. For as long as he's been a part of the franchise, if he can get out there and get a start and he lets up six goals, fuck it. Like I like okay. Like if I like I'm not stressed. And I I hope that other people aren't either. Like that's just so like he I feel like he deserves it. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm giving him too much well, credit and I'm being a little bit too much of a homer, but No, I don't think I don't think that there are many people because honestly, there were so many people. Oh, Jesus. And this is like one of the situations going on with Blue Jackets related social media right now is like so many people. I don't want to say so many, but there was a good handful of people that were confused as to why Corpy wasn't playing a game in Cleveland, flying to New Jersey, and then starting the New Jersey game at two o'clock on Sunday. And I think it was Brian Hedger who was like, that is insane like you can't expect him to play his first game back in seven months then fly to new jersey to start a 2 p.m game like no like and again it's this this thing where where a goalie has one good game and like everyone is like and i'm not against riding a hot hand that's not at all like clearly if you know, but it takes more than one game. And like, you know, Corpy and Tarasov like are both coming back from the same injury. Tarasov has only played a handful of NHL games. And um, it's just, it's again with like, just like the expectation for the season, our expectation for our goalie situation is also weirdly like, I don't want to say out of bounds, but it is kind of weirdly out of bounds. Like, and I never want to tell any, like, it's just, I don't understand certain people's expectations. No. And I don't think I, I'm being mean in saying that. Like, I, we don't, well, Jeremy does sometimes, but like, we don't really like get into it with people like on social media because it's just <laughs> not, not really worth our time. I don't. To be there fair. Was, like, Yes. I don't I don't really I don't really do it to our people. Like I would I don't think I would do it to a Blue Jackets fan. Like I there for all the opinions that I've wanted to engage with on Blue Jackets Twitter, I have simply just decided it is for the best to not because of like you said, like it has just been a wasteland of thought. And there's plenty of people who have fairly moderately and quite frankly, like legitimate things to say on Blue Jackets Twitter. But there are a lot for every one person that has that to say, there are five that don't. And I don't have to like I'm just like it's we not, just don't like, have time. Like, I'll let it I'll let it, I'll run a devil's fan the smoke all fucking day. But I don't need to sit here with a blue jackets fan. Like at the end of the day, like we both want what like we both want the blue jackets to win. Like that's like yeah. we're on the same team here. Like it's just like we have different ideas of how to get there. So fuck it, I guess. Like, I'm not going to get into it with a Blue Jackets fan, but if you wear that god-awful red and your name's not Neil, Neil Villapiano, I'm fucking cussing you out. Like, I don't have... Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Um, and I will occasionally, and I always tell Jeremy before I do it or immediately after I've done it, but I will occasionally do what I refer to as being sassy with someone. Yeah, actually, um, wait. This is, this is it. You will do it to Blue Jackets fans. I don't. But it's not really about the game. It's about their behavior on the internet. That's true. That's true. And, like, I have, like, as you all know, I'm a very sensitive individual. But me being a sensitive individual does not make me a weak-ass individual. But I don't have a lot of patience for people who just like to stir up shit. 
or for people, and this is going to lead perfectly into our next point of conversation, for people who are just downright dicks on the internet. Like, I do not have time for it. And on certain specific days, I just can't. And I try and do it in a very respectful way. I don't use foul language. I don't, like, call anybody names. But I will say things like, what is your point in doing this or saying this? Like, what are you trying to get out of it? Because I think a lot of times, and this is not an unknown fact, people do not think about shit before they put it on the internet. And like, it's just, the internet is a toxic place as is. And there's just not, there's just not time in the day for people who just want to start shit to start shit. And so, yes, I do occasionally, but it's not, it's, I don't think I've ever done it about something that was like, game related um at least i can't think maybe something back in the day about cam but i would have probably got too anxious and deleted it before it really got any attention yeah i y'all need help (laughs) y'all need some real fucking help i (laughs) And it's not most people. Let's also say that. Let's also say that it's not a majority of people. For kind of like to my other point, like I was definitely conflating what I said earlier, but like for the most part, right? Like people who are Blue Jackets fans are pretty level headed. I think that you and I have talked about this before that this city doesn't know how to have a, a team that loses. Like there's that like Ohio State just absolute like privilege that this city has gotten over the course of, of the last century because uh-huh. Ohio State wins everything and everybody who is a sports fan in Columbus has become accustomed to win, 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 win. And when they're not, it, it's scary, right? Like it is scary to see how people act. And the biggest piece, the biggest takeaway that I, we've shared and will continue to share is that these are people guys. Like these are people with families with kids they have they have parents their sons their their best friends their husbands their brothers their like like their uncles like they're just people right like and that's the thing about this that like will always blow my mind is like i will be the first person to say when a player is not meeting my expectations but it's usually followed with man like i'd really like to see xyz player start to light it up a little bit because i like he can because he's good enough to do it because when he does it, the team gets better. And that to me is a very fair approach. If you want to have a conversation about whether or not you think Brad Larson is a guy who should be leading this team. Cool. Fine. Great. You might have something to say. I'll listen to you. If you think that uh, Pascal Vincent shouldn't be running the power play because the power play started. zero and 25. I'll listen. I'll listen to you all damn day. But if you're going to, if you're going to, I don't care how baseless it is. If you're going to say anything that endangers somebody, that threatens somebody, that makes somebody feel uncomfortable or unsafe in their place of work and their family supporting them in their place of work, you're scum. <laughs> you're a terrible person who hasn't been through a single shitty thing in their life. Because if this is how miserable you are when the Blue Jackets start a season three and seven, when a goaltender lets up a goal that you think he should save – Throw on the fucking pads and we'll let something bad actually happen to you. Because I like that's the kind of shit that I just don't have time for. It, it's a bad fucking look. It makes us look terrible as a fan base. And I will, again, respect anybody's opinion to say that they don't like the direction of a team or that they don't like the way that a player is performing on the team. Laura and I have plenty of conversations about, I don't think that this player is, is any good. I have said some really choice things about certain players on this team, but you know what I haven't done? I haven't threatened their family. I haven't told them that I wish they were dead. What the fuck is that? What the sweet fuck is that? Like, that's just so fucking lunatic. Like the lunacy of that is just mind boggling. And I've earned the explicit rating on this rant alone, but I just don't, Life is a real thing. It is a real thing. It is a real tangible thing. And you, like, have one. Have one. (laughs) Have one outside of the sport that you watch. Yes. And I 100% echo everything that you just said. And, you know, 
if you're if anyone out here listening to this is unfamiliar with why we're we're going on this um on this soapbox specifically it's because on on Saturday of this past weekend Alex uh Merce Lincolns who is the uh wonderful wife of Elvis our goaltender um was forced to put out a statement on her Instagram basically um telling the world that on Friday night's game at Nationwide Arena while her and her toddler were at the arena watching Elvis play. Um, they not only, they were threatened physically um, and verbally, um, they were both um, told that their lives were in danger. Um, someone threatened to kill not only herself, but her husband and their child um, over the performance at the game. Um, someone, actually multiple people tried to touch their child, which in absolutely no way, shape, and form are you ever to touch another person's child. Like, you do not. I don't care if you're trying to do it in, like, a cute way, like, when you meet them. Unless that parent gives you the permission, do not touch someone's child. Like, that is so far across the line. Like, absolutely not. And then... As Alex continued in this statement, they will no longer be bringing Knox to games because they do not feel safe having him there, which is absolute insanity. The Blue Jackets and Blue Jackets games are supposed to be family-friendly events, and now the son of one of the star players on this team can no longer come to watch his dad play because it's not safe for him. Like, that is so embarrassing. It's ridiculous. Um, and she also, you know, said that this bullying and threatening has also spread to from the internet, that both her and Elvis are re receiving these death threats, receiving this, like, unnecessary form of criticism and abuse just... Out for no reason. And I really want to say right now that I would like to end this, you know, thought that some fans seem to, to have that these players owe the fans something. I saw so many statements saying, well, we, you know, we pay for their salaries and we pay to have this, that, or the other thing. So, you know, they signed up for this and their celebrity and blah, blah, blah. No, they do not owe us a thing. Like, how would you feel if someone came to your work and just started shouting at you because they didn't like your job performance or they didn't like how you did something in your job? Or someone came to your work and stood outside of it and waited for you to come outside so that they could yell about how you're a piece of garbage and how you, you know, should kill yourself and all, you know, that they're going to kill their family because they didn't like how you performed at your job. Like, these are the types of like situations that we, you know, we don't have a huge platform. Like we have a little one, but Jeremy and I have always set out that with any sort of platform that we ever had or any sort of presence that we ever had that we were going to be proponents for making the sport of hockey and particularly the hockey community in Columbus a better place. And this is not making it a better place. This is making us look terrible. You know what perpetuates um, the notion that players don't want to play in Columbus is that every time something bad happens on the ice or we lose a game, that the fan base freaks out and then starts threatening the lives of the players. Like, it's just insane. And maybe it's because we have more experience in working with a population of people that mental health is a really big, like, part of our current and former jobs. And it's not appropriate either to comment on someone's mental health, because that is also what is occurring. And, like, there has been some really really terrible things that have been said to the Mers Lincoln's family and I'm sure to other players as well. But, you know, let's just, you know, 
take a minute and I'm not even going to gracefully say it because I tried to say it gracefully a couple different times on our Twitter by like encouraging people to go outside, but go fucking touch some grass because this is insanity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we've, uh, yeah, I think you've heard, I don't think anybody's leaving the show unfamiliar with how we feel about (laughs) this. So it's definitely, definitely a heavy subject, but kind of transitioning to a little bit of a, of a lighter note. So the Blue Jackets are in Finland this week. I am putting my happy ass on a plane tomorrow night to get going toward that lovely little Scandinavian country. And I am nervous as all hell. I've never traveled internationally, so I'm really struggling with the concept of having to do that. So I'm really not looking forward to it. I was talking to somebody today, and I said... I like know I'm excited to go, but I'm like scared to go. She goes, "You're excited to be there. You're not excited to go." I said, "That's it. <laughs> Nail on the head." So, uh, our coverage is going to be weird for the week. <laughs> We're not really sure what yeah, things will look like. Yeah, I mean, like. he's going to try and do a little bit of stuff for the show while he's over there, but um, you know, so he might be carrying around a tiny microphone like people do on TikTok, um, which will be. <laughs> which what i told them to speak into it yes um so that'll be really great and yeah he's gonna have a great time and i promise i will stop crying so um but no it's it's gonna be a great time you're gonna get there like totally fine um and you're gonna have a blast and hopefully you'll get to see um a couple of blue jackets wins because that, or at least one, good God, at least one, um, or at least just not see them get like blown out of the water. But it's going to be great. Jeremy's dad is also going over. Um, our dear and wonderful friends, Kyle and Danny, are going to be there, and Kelly and her brother, like, and just so many members of the fifth line. So I know he's going to be in good hands while he's over there. I, honestly, probably not. The only person who you just named that's responsible at all is Kelly. Like, <laughs> that's the only person you just named. I don't trust. Listen, I, we all know how much I love the Danny Smith and Bucket Hat Kyle and my father. But I'm definitely in the top two most responsible people on that list. That's true. But you're also going to get to meet, like, our. Me, by the way. <laughs> you're gonna meet like our wonderful friend Talia that we've been talking to for like two years now and you know it's just gonna be a great experience and while I you know if if Danny and Kyle get you in a lot of trouble I know that your dad will be there to yell but also probably bail you out of whatever finish jail no way I'm ending up in a finish jail and my father's not in it there's no way well, I'm just going to make sure that I have um, Sean, who your dad's girlfriend's contact information so that I can, you know, make sure that both both Mr. Paul's aren't ending up in some terrible uh, Finnish prison situation. But I'm sure it's actually lovely. I'm sure. Finnish oh, I'm prison sure it is. is. Really I'm pretty off. sure it's like gourmet meals and like really clean cells. And um, because the Finnish people are super, super nice. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you see Jeremy over there, please for me say hello. Um, and yeah, whatever I mean, even if he doesn't do content because I don't want him to have to focus on that, um, I just want him to come back with lots of stories to tell once he like gets over jet lag, um, from returning early next week. So, probably only one episode this week, and probably only one episode next week. Um, and then we'll get back on our rotation of two episodes a week. But, you know, we just want to wish safe travels to everyone who is traveling over to Finland um, and to just have a great time. Like it is a once in a lifetime experience. Who knows the next time the Blue Jackets are going to get to do something like this. So because um, what it was like 10 years ago that they did the last thing over in europe yeah roughly this is i mean because what this is technically supposed to happen in 2020 right yes in fall of 2020 um so it's you know they're very lucky that 
you know, the powers that be in the NHL let them continue after COVID canceled it the first time. So, and it's going to be such a big deal for, for Yarmo and for Patrick and for, um, Corpy. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. So all good vibes and you're going to have a great time. And I can't wait to hear all the stories when you get back. Well, I'm sure they will be plentiful if, the people that I'm going with have anything to say about it, knowing them. But <laughs> I did ask Kyle to keep you out of trouble today, but then I realized that that's more like calling the kettle black, and I yeah, think you're both just going to get yeah, in trouble. So no, love him dearly, as well as his beautiful girlfriend. But I think you guys are going to get in a good kind of trouble over in Finland. I think you're probably right. I think there's some probably some truth to that, but of course, Laura, you will. I don't know how Wi-Fi is in the Nokia and Nokia Arena, so I don't know how great I'm going to be at live tweeting the games. But you know, I know that that our fans have come to really love and enjoy our live tweeting of games, and so Laura, let them know how they can follow along to all the things that are happening in Finland this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. The games will be broadcast on Valley Sports Ohio. Um, it's a little weird that they're not being broadcast on like any of the other bigger networks, but potato, potato at this point. Um, so they are being broadcast on Valley Sports Ohio. You will also still be able to get the radio broadcast as per usual, uh, with Bob McGilligan and Dylan Tyre. Both games, uh, both Friday and Saturday will be at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, 8 p.m. over in Finland. Um, so if he's unable to tweet, I will be tweeting from however I'm viewing them on Friday and Saturday um, as the Blue Jackets face off against the Colorado Avalanche. So if you want that content, you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Uh, we have a very lovely website that allows you links and whatnot to all of these things, and that is subjectivelyspeaking.com. Um, if you want to support Jeremy paying off uh, his trip to Finland um, and get some uh, super cool merch in the process, you can check out our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. Currently featuring two designs, Here's Johnny and our classic local design. Like I said, <laughs> over Thanksgiving or over Christmas, we'll put up um, the rest of our merch and hopefully have a couple new things, uh, courtesy of our graphic designer, Stephen Kanicki. And then lastly, you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly if you're on Apple podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And, you know, we don't know how the algorithm works. We just know the ratings and subscriptions and likes and all that sort of stuff helps us get noticed. Um, in the podcast, hockey podcast universe, and helps us move up in the charts and also helps us build this, you know, little community of ours. So I know this was kind of a, a deep, deep episode. We had a lot of things to talk about. I cried. No one should be surprised by that. Um, but we just love and appreciate you guys so much. That we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, um, keep peace. Cheers uh, in Finnish, and we will chat with you all soon, but take care of yourselves and take care of one another, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.